I don't know if I'm going to say it. I never do. What, when I say your name? Yeah. Oh, crap. Yeah, I don't have anything. Yes, Matt. Thank you. All right. Should I wait a few minutes? I think all of us, uh, all of us uh, should uh, sing a verse of the song in order. That's not a bad idea. I, I may be <laughs> just One, trivia. Two, Chris is looking for something to screw. <laughs> <laughs> Three, four. How about a whore? <laughs> Five, six, what a little oh. song. I said little song. <laughs> a song. Hello and welcome to a special Halloween edition of The Grady's, the great 80s movie debate, where we see if the movies of the 1980s still hold up today. If you're a child of the 80s, a fan of classic films, or just a movie geek, you've come to the right place. The focus of today's podcast is 1984's A Nightmare on Elm Street, directed by Wes Craven and starring Heather Langenkamp, John Saxon, Johnny Depp, and Robert Englund as Fred Krueger. My name is Dave. Our illustrious panel of 80s experts includes Christy. Up your ass with a rotating lawnmower. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Oh, God, I look 20 years old. <laughs> and Chris. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we like to start every show by having each panelist reflect on their past experience with the movie we're discussing so we can see where everyone is coming from. So, Christy, what is your history with A Nightmare on Elm Street? Um, for the love of God, I did not see this in movie theaters. However... My cousin Julie used to come and spend the summers with me, and we would spend time out at out at a, out at a beach house. And she had seen the movie, and she, we would we had to share a room. And then, like, we'd be right ready to go to bed, and all I'd hear was "One, two, Freddy's coming for you." Oh, scared the living crap out of me. <laughs> and so, I really never ever wanted to see this movie. And Matt can attest that I really didn't want to watch it now, but um. I did, and really, eh, wasn't that bad. So you didn't want to watch it out of fear? I'm not a big, I'm not good with gore, and and I have bad resonant memories of things that I've seen in movies that are just totally violent, gory. Things. I just, I don't like it, so I'm afraid to watch it because I'm afraid I'll never be able to get rid of the image. But really, this was not. This was this was not as bad as I thought. Okay, well, what about you, Matt? Oh, there's still time for me after that long answer? Oh, shut up. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't see this for a while after it came out. It wasn't until, like, uh, part three or part maybe even part four was on videotape. Uh, me and a friend marathoned all that was uh, released at that point. So I did see it before this, but not till a few years after its release. All right, well, I'm, I'm going to go next on this. I usually go last, but I'm going to save Chris for last. Um, <laughs> because Chris is actually the super fan of anybody here as far as this franchise goes. But uh, I've mentioned several times, I led a, a very sheltered childhood. I would have never been able to, to see anything like this. But uh, my neighbor across the street had an older sister, and I was exposed to all kinds of things over there, including Ooh. this. Yeah. That, 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 that didn't sound good. <laughs> no, like, is he, he going to elaborate or just gloss over that? I mean, I mean, objectionable viewing material. Okay. okay still. Yeah, yeah, still. That's not, not helping your argument. No. Go ahead. <laughs> but we saw this, uh, my friend and I, on, on, on home video. This is, uh, I was probably about 12 years old, probably 1985. It, this film came out in 1984. Uh, 
but this would have been forbidden for me. And this scared the crap out of me when I was 12. Uh, it was probably the second horror movie I ever saw after Poltergeist. So as far as seeing it then, this was this was terrifying to me. But uh, over to Chris now. Chris is the super, super fan. I mean, as we sit here in the, uh, the Grady studio recording this, <laughs> a.k.a. your dining room. Yeah. We're surrounded by Freddy things in here as it's decorated for Halloween. I mean, there's Freddy crap all over the place in here. You've always been a Freddy guy. I have. I am. I is. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember seeing this guaranteed open a weekend because I know that my mom knew I liked horror movies, and she even took me to this. And I left. It was scary. I was eleven years old. I was I was scared. Some parts I jumped. I remember that whatever month this came out, whatever Halloween was after this. Back then, they didn't have any Freddy Krueger shit anywhere. Nothing, no costumes, no outfits, nothing. We went to like a Bloomingdale's or some kind of nice-ass nice store. Bought a nice red and green shirt. So like church-wearing, gorgeous. <laughs> for the white-ass collar that my mom cut off for me. <laughs> so, I would just, so I could have a red and green sweater-type shirt. Wow, and we went. We went. We found the uh, glove in like Lansdale. It, took, it looked like for like a whole weekend, and I finally found it. I love Freddy Krueger. <laughs> you do. I and do. Anybody that comes into this house could attest to that. Yes. Right. Right now, in my daughter's room is a nightlight of Freddy Krueger <laughs> out out oh the my. window. <laughs> yeah, there's some frightening things in this room. Yeah. In this house, in general, it's all fake. <laughs> okay. It's all pretend. Well, I think it's also, I mean, we're, we never mentioned this, but maybe worth mentioning this time. If you have not seen this movie, I don't know why you're listening to this in the first place, but uh, we're about to spoil a lot of things. So just to mention the spoiler factor as far as this movie, because we usually go through the movie chronologically. I'd like to do something a little bit different this time. I'd like to go to the end of the movie uh, and then come back to the beginning. But to me, the end of the movie is the linchpin of the, the entire movie. Uh, in doing research and, and listening to commentaries and stuff like that, it seems that Wes Craven's intention was that this entire movie was to be a dream. Now, I never got that as uh, seeing this several times until this time. What are your perceptions of that and the premise of this movie as the entire movie is supposed to be Nancy's dream? I hate that idea. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think it's a cop out. Totally. Did did you did that? I mean, maybe I was just naive when I was little. I I, I never that never dawned on me till this time watching it. I had no idea until you walked to my house tonight and, and I, told I, me I that. didn't know that either. Yeah, it just seems it it, it I, as I as I was watching the movie, I was writing down a lot of things that said. How can that be? This makes no sense. And then if that's your final answer, the whole thing was a dream. It's like Christy said. To me, it's, a, it's, it's very cheap. And it's, uh, it's a letdown. And, and it's easy, the easy way out. It's right. Dallas. It's that one episode of Dallas right. where Bobby walks out of the shower. <laughs> and the entire season was a dream. I mean, the movie is called A Nightmare on Elm Street. Is it supposed to be... I guess his intention was that this is Nancy's nightmare. Uh, I don't like that idea. I want to believe that changes everything for really me. Really, wake up, right? Well, right. I got a lot of questions about this movie, and and to me, it was it was very frustrating to watch because of that reason. And who even lives on Elm Street? Her? 
I think so, yeah. Did they ever mention it? No, not that I know of. I think the, the street sign's there. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I, did, I missed that. They showed it in the behind-the-scenes special that I had to watch before I could actually watch the movie. You know, that's one of those <laughs> things I just always took for as her house is on Elm Street, but you're right, they don't really say, or is it, you know... Did... Well, I think later on in the movie franchise, supposedly... Like I could be wrong. That that house was his at, when he was a kid. I was gonna say, did Freddy get killed on Elm Street? But yeah, I guess that could all be on Elm Street. But hmm. all that stuff may be true. But if we're gonna talk about this movie, yes, you yep. have to only only take into consideration that the yeah, movie I gotcha. exists. Yep. And I was and gonna I was they, gonna ask where does Alice Cooper fit in, but that's <laughs> it. if you live on Pine Street, you're safe. <laughs> Broadway, you're fine. You're fine. Well, this is a very early... We can go back to the beginning now, but this is going to come up, I think... To me, it comes up over and over again, watching this movie. But, uh, you know, we can discuss this in, in more detail as we go on. But if we, if we go back to the beginning, I really like the digital New Line Cinema oh, yeah. thing. Classic. Came up. Those, yeah. the, was, the one that gives you, like, seizures at the beginning? Yeah, it was like... Yeah. Oh, lighting. <laughs> exactly. It was very Atari. <laughs> I loved it. And that being said, this this is New Line Cinema had always been known as the house that Freddie built because this movie cost like under two million dollars to make it. It made like twenty five million dollars, and they could just crank these out and yeah. and make a ton of money and and use it to make better films. Turtles shocked the crap out of them uh, in in those in the things that we were watching that they really didn't expect to make money off of it. And when they did, they were like, "Oh my god, what do we do?" <laughs> Well, that's, Let's put out another one real quick. Yeah, that's part of the other thing with with the ending. That Wes Craven, if you listen to these things, never intended there to be any sequels. It was just going to end. I guess the thing that I heard said he was good, was going to end with Nancy walking outside, and I noticed for the first time in watching this, there's there's a kind of a fog at the end of the movie as Johnny Depp's car pulls up and everybody seems to be okay. She was going to walk off the steps and walk in and kiss her mother goodbye and walk into the fog, and that was going to be the end of his movie. And the president of New Line, this guy named Shay, he said, no way. <laughs> there yeah. were a lot of interviews with him on, on these behind-the-scenes specials, and he, he, was, he was the Lloyd Kaufman of New Line Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Need to make money. Sequels, sequels. Well, I guess in hindsight, he was, he was right, but... Uh, I mean, is that is that you would have been, would you have been happy with that ending? Nancy walking off the porch, kissing her mother, and walking into the fog. Credits roll. No. Yeah. Oh, well, you, it, that ending is. Ju- you could make a sequel out of that too. Right. I mean, pretty easily. So I think it's really six one half dozen the other. But I don't think I would have been as happy with that ending. It probably would have been a little more anticlimactic. Okay. It would have been like The Sopranos. Don't stop. Oh God, no! Nothing. <laughs> Frustrating. Well, the other the other part of the opening sequence is pretty cool. Is this cool shot of Freddie making his glove? And it, now, Chris, is this supposed to be a flashback? I always pictured it. Uh, this is what he was doing be- before he, you know, killed the kids in, in real life. Before okay. he was burned alive. Because to look at his hands, his hands aren't burnt at nah, all. Nah. This is really the only backstory that you get, other than you know the mother explaining. The mother, yeah. Mommy killed him. <sighs> <laughs> That's so annoying. Not a fan of that scene. No, because she's a bad actress, and she's just so 
ugly. What's and- wrong with her skin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she does and that too. Like, she does look like Snooky in the 80s. It's not even yeah. orange. It's like gray. It's, she's I don't just know terrible. What. She just she's got terrible. like that silver poisoning. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then she tried to cover it up with self-tanner. And I don't even think that's his hands. I think it's like the producer or some other guy's hands. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, I think they did say that on the commentary. Well, we're listening to the music, too. The music was composed by Charles Bernstein. And the music, I think, is really effective. Yeah. It gets you right away. They need to turn it the hell down. (laughs) It's, like, not balanced at all. Yeah, I don't know if it was a copy we had or what, but, yeah, that thing was... It's like when the music came on, it was like twice as loud as the dialogue. <laughs> Mom, Arthur, Brown, get her. Like, did they say something? <laughs> it's it's very minimalist, and the same way that like John Carpenter's Halloween score was. And I forgot how effective this mu- music really was. But it made me think that somebody took some stock in some Casio keyboards. <laughs> <laughs> but you're thrust right away after that into Tina's Jeep. Tina's Dream, uh, played by Amanda Weiss from uh, Better Off Dead. You're a fan of that, aren't you, Christy? I love that movie, but she did not age well. <laughs> well, and and I, like I mentioned in the opening, he's 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 noted in the credits as Fred Krueger. Right. Yeah. 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 Yep. So I thought that was kind of strange. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you get this boiler room. The first time you see the boiler room, it's a perfect setting. It's an awesome opening of the movie. And uh, anytime, like Chris and I pass some cool refinery or anything like that, we always like, we would be driving. We'd be like, "That's a cool place to film a movie." Yeah, <laughs> and that's what this is. It's awesome. But uh, I gotta ask you guys. Here it comes man. <laughs> why? Why are there sheep? <laughs> Slaughterhouse. Okay. Oh, I never thought. Of that. I always thought sheep were like were so like like childlike. I, I just thought of that now. Or the oh well, I guess the souls of children, isn't that kind of a religious thing? Wow, hold on, let me get at the Bible. <laughs> Do you have one handy? No. Okay, I have two handy. <laughs> Are they like lambs? Lambs of God? Lambs to the slaughter? I just thought the sheep yeah, were always good too. like an like an innocent animal, oh, innocent I kids. I, could, I had five dollars on the table saying Chris is going to say he was fucking a sheep. <laughs> 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 no. Ooh, ooh. Psychological meaning. I'm looking up the meaning of sheep dream. Go ahead. Are you being a conformist? To dream of sheep may indicate that you are following a conventional way and falling in with what everyone expects of you. And that's what Nancy and the teenagers do? Oh, hell, I don't know. That makes (laughs) (laughs) That's the funniest thing ever on this show. (laughs) That makes sense now. You spend the weekend with my father or something? <laughs> I think it did. <laughs> I kind of took it as as like what Chris was saying, like like maybe they were supposed to. It was supposed to represent the children that he's killed. That's what I thought. And there or is maybe a, it, maybe ahead. it's supposed to let you know she's in a dream. Maybe because people it's count so sheep. absurd. Mm-hmm. There's there's a, like you hear the ba of the sheep once, and you right. do actually hear children's laughter. Which was really creepy. Yes, it was. <laughs> but it's like I'm watching this. It's like where there? there's a sheep later, I think too, isn't there? Yeah, in the high school. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder if it's the, the same the, one. There's a big herd loose. I, I'm pretty sure they got like wholesale sheep, so they stuck with the same one. <laughs> but uh, she's being stalked by Freddy. He jumped up behind her, and Chris and I both said we, we not seeing it for a while. You forget when things pop out. We ju- yeah. we both jumped at that. It was it it, it got me. 
<laughs> it did. Yeah. It's a it's a really good opening sequence, I think. And it only gets worse from there. <laughs> and it does. Yeah. I mean, it really did hit the ground running. That thing I did know, because I hadn't seen this. I, the one time I think I saw it was what I described when we opened the podcast. So I was... I did not remember it hitting the ground running like this, but that's that's probably a reason why I forgot as we're about to get into. Well, here's here's a little Grady's uh, info. I think the scene after this pretty soon is when Giant Depp uh, pulls up in the car at school. Did did you guys notice the front license plate of his car? No. 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 This is going to be okay, ready. Grab a pen. Okay, please. <laughs> Write this down. It was 0GR. Eight zero five, and write it down. It looks like it says O'Grady's. O'Grady's. Yes, that was the freakiest thing I saw. I'm impressed that you caught that. I did. Attention spanners. Well, it just started still. I was still intrigued by it. You know. Gotcha. No, I didn't notice that. That's pretty cool, though. It was. It was neat. I even rewind. I actually had my ten year old daughter. For the first time, like watch a horror movie with me. She was laughing at it the whole time. I bet she was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she only watched half of it and got bored with it. So I think it didn't have the impact it had on us when we were. Well, I was say your daughter and I had something in common. <laughs> that age. Well, Tina wakes up, and I think it's her mother walks in, and I got a big problem with Tina's mom <sighs> and pretty much all the parents in this movie. Yes. First of all, is Tina's mom a whore? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she's got the look, yes. and there's some strange dude there. Like, come back to bed, baby. Yep. She, what she's is going on with her hair? It's like she decided to change her hairstyle like halfway through the brush three times on, along the way from side <laughs> to side or something. But uh, I don't know. Like, she's got the slash marks in her in her nightgown, and it, it, the premise is that Freddie is after the children of the people that killed him. The slash marks don't ring any bells for the mom. The stories that, te- yeah. that Nancy tells her parents, they don't seem to care. Nope. What is the well, deal? I, I don't think they, like, they know Fred, Freddy Krueger as the guy that they burnt, but I don't think they associate until she says the name. I mean, the slash marks and everything really wouldn't have, you know, if you think you've killed this person, you wouldn't really necessarily think that, oh, slash marks on a on a thing, you probably just cut yourself in your sleep or something like that. But they may not directly associate it until they get the name. Look at you defending a horror movie. Wow, that's pretty good. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. It's behind. It's those damn behind the scenes. It actually made me like the movie Ooh, before I saw cool. it. <laughs> you, wow. <laughs> you, wow. That was eloquent. <laughs> Thank you. But, like Chris said, you meet the rest of the cast. She was a dumb whore. Yeah, that's, my <laughs> that's my retort in the debate. <laughs> You meet the rest of the cast, uh, Nancy, Heather Langenkamp, and Glenn, and Johnny Depp's first film role, and Rod, uh, played by Nick Corey, which isn't even really the guy's name, but I recognize this guy from uh, Wildcats right away. You remember that guy? I don't. (laughs) The Spanish-Italian guy? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) When they interviewed him, he was like, "They made me change my, or my agent made me change my name because his name is so completely Spanish that it's like, oh wow." Was it Juan Valdez? No, okay. <laughs> it's it's J S U, and his last name is Garcia. Oh wow! Of course, I don't know how you say his first name. Zoo, 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 the great Zoo. <laughs> that would be Chris's. 
since all the since all the people there are there, what, what any comments on the acting in this movie? Yeah, how did Johnny Depp become one of the most sought after actors in Hollywood? After this <laughs> I, I thought he was the best part of the movie. The best best acting part of the movie was him. That's well, like saying it's the tallest midget at the circus in this movie. <laughs> he had charisma. Yeah. Now remember, hair. he did have Twenty One Jump Street to hone his skills. This was just the raw okay, yeah. butter. Okay. The butter, the butter, <laughs> before it could get sculpted by Twenty One Jump Street and well. Crybaby. Um, you're still thinking of Dave speechless. I'm, I'm, I'm speechless thinking about Heather Langenkamp actually, and uh, and her acting. She was awful. She is awful. I can't totally blame her or any of the people though for the acting because to me there's there's. There's nothing for them to act. This this is a horrendous screenplay. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Some of the conversations are just god awful. But I agree. Uh, so you get a, you flash forward into Tina's dream number two, where uh, she, there's a big sleepover. You know, Tina doesn't want to be alone, and uh, you know, there's there's this sex scene where Johnny Depp is listening to them have sex because Rod has come over. And why is Johnny Depp fully dressed sleeping? Because he didn't know. bring any clothes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Move on. Mystery solved. Mystery solved. There you go. He only brought the boom box with the tape, and that's all he had room for in the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that scene. <laughs> but this leads into her dream and some other pretty iconic imagery with uh, uh, Freddie with his long arms in the in the alley and oh, some uh, of that stuff. That was hysterical. <laughs> the arms? The arms were hysterical, yeah. <laughs> now, for this being the first full-blown dream effect... I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think I heard that there was like, his hands were on cables and two guys were like pulling his arms. Fishing oh, lines. Yeah. Because the yeah. there's so much, there's there quite, well, it's not so many, but there's a few better ones after this. I was like, this is your opener? Oh, man. This is going to suck. Well, what is Freddy? Is he a ghost? Mm-hmm, I have no idea. He's just, evil yeah, I don't know spirit. what you're calling him. He's an yeah. evil spirit. You're right. Because he's he I hasn't mean, you don't crossed know, over yet. You don't know this till later. He's obviously dead, but right. But I I never knew what he was. Like you're the you're the nightmare. I don't street. know. That's, a, that's another good. I never thought of that, but that is a good question. I never <laughs> even thought of it. Like a poltergeist. I mean <laughs> something because he he can cut himself. He can hurt himself. He can stab himself. But he never dies. Yeah, he can know? change his appearance. Right. Um. He's a shapeshifter. <laughs> Well, this scared the crap out of me when I was 12. But, you know, like, it's like some of the, like you said, bad special effects are shirts ripped open and there's like this. Maggots. He cuts his belly. There's that. There's like the slash marks on her chest. And and the upside down room thing with her on the ceiling. That was cool, I thought, for back in the daytime. That's a ripoff. That was cool for the time. Oh, ripoff. Poltergeist. Oh, really? Oh, oh, okay. What, what scene was that? I know the fly did it, too, but I didn't know who did it first. For That's sure. where they got it from, wasn't it? The fly? Oh, was it? Oh. I just was, like, the whole time I'm watching it, just seeing things that were in other movies and wondering how original any of this stuff is with Wes Craven. I don't know. Listening to his commentaries, the more he talked, the more I hated him. <laughs> <laughs> were you sitting there the whole time going, Samson's did it? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, he's, I just found him to be so pretentious and... and and he is a little full of himself, it seemed, from those specials we were watching. Anyway. Who, who's worse, him or James Cameron? Oh, James Cameron. James yeah. Cameron's just in a completely different league of egotists. James Cameron thinks he's a scientist. 
I'm an oceanographer. <laughs> I found the Titanic. <laughs> well, I made the old lady drop the heart of the ocean in there. <laughs> well, Tina's killed. Oh. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> this is kind of like the scream pattern that, I don't know, like that Kevin Williamson would make fun of. I think it's like you kill off the blonde who appears to really be the main character at yes, the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And the real main character will then take over as as did uh, Nev Campbell then in Scream. Yeah, Christy made the same exact comment about killing off the, what she thought was the main character. Right. I did find this this dream still... I was still having fun, at least, at, in watching this. Even this time, I was like, oh, this is still... I remember what it to be. Because I, I still, to this day, prefer the kind of special effects are in this movie, bad or not, to computer special effects. Right. So... I mean, maybe that's just me, but... Uh, no, no, I, I know what you're talking about. Some of the stuff was good. Like the fingers being cut off, I thought was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's campy at this point. And, uh, oh, yeah. Certainly is at this point. <laughs> I did like, though, shortly after that, her, they're showing the news coverage of her death. Yeah. <laughs> I told Cal that. <laughs> and yeah. her body's being pulled out. and they the show arm the, falls out. <laughs> the arm falls out of Covered the bloody blood. body bag. That'll never happen. No. And this is on the morning news. People are like eating their breakfast. Right, yeah. <laughs> good school, kids. That was good. So, but Nancy, Nancy goes to school, which is also kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> my friend just died. <laughs> yeah, my, my homework is due tomorrow. And did you see who her teacher was? Yeah, the Austin Powers lady, right? No, it was from the Ferrelli brothers. Lin, oh, the Lin ugly, Shea. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the oh, teeth I, and the no tongue. Idea. Yeah, from yeah, from Kingpin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's good. And the person who sat in front of her was that Brian Gumble guy. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. 30 year old in high school? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the huge afro looks just like Brian Gumble. Maybe it was him. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> but the next part to me was the the part that freaked me out. Yes. This this, this is like the with the whole part, this whole movie is like this one scene is like the best scene, I think. Okay, you mean Tina in the body bag. Yeah. Oh, this gave me nightmares for weeks. <laughs> Uh, still, I think, really effective. How it drags down the hole and n- n- no one's pulling it. Yeah, the feet yeah. go up. And yeah. Uh, that was awesome. Yeah, it was. She was describing it being in the body bag, and she said it was the most terrifying experience she'd ever had because there's no zipper on the inside, yeah. and they'd have to seal her in. And she was like, I, 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 she had to be let out every once in a while because she was like, I can't take this. Huh. I never thought of that. That's, that's cool. That is awesome. That that I still loved. But uh, I'm, I'm like, if, if this is uh, Nancy's first real encounter with Freddy, now why doesn't he just kill her there? He likes to play play with his um. He plays with his food. Yeah, yeah, it was prey. Is that the truth? I I think so. He just likes to like taunt you. Okay. He feeds off the fear, okay. and she's the one with the greatest amount of fear. So as long as she's afraid, it's like. It's like honey to him. Holy crap. This is the most you've contributed to the podcast. This is (laughs) relevant. She's kicking ass. (laughs) No, keep it going. Don't look dejected. I was really surprised. (laughs) But there's the the body bag, both Tina's dreams, and then after that you get the bathtub scene with the claw between the leg. There's all kinds of like just iconic imagery in this. And even if you don't like it, everybody knows this stuff. Yeah. And it'll... Go down in history as as you know one of the the biggest icons in in movies ever. Yeah, 
The neat thing about that that special that we were watching is that they would describe how they did all these iconic scenes and how the the tub was actually like this bottomless um, tank, and the guy bottom. Well, not, <laughs> no. Well, the the tub bottom was not the bottom of the oh okay the tub. It it was a big tank, and they made it look like a tub. And the guy that puts his hand up is actually the props guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and that's how they... That's I was like, notice? I can now understand because she's like sitting way down in that water. Like water in a tub does not get that high. Right. That's why there's a little thing that lets it drain because it won't get that deep. But then I'm like, oh, that's because it's a tank. Well, she uh, she's trying to at this point now stay awake. And she's in her room, and for some reason, she's watching The Evil Dead. You see that on the TV? She's trying to stay awake. Like, why don't you watch, like, Caddyshack or something? You know, like, <laughs> having bad dreams, and you're watching The Evil Dead. And she had a police poster on her wall. I didn't, didn't see that part. Which is the best part of the movie. <laughs> do, 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 da, da, da. <laughs> but at, this is a point where now I, they started to lose me. Because Glenn comes through her window, and she asks him to watch her. While she sleeps, and of course yeah. he falls asleep, but she she's gonna walk over to the jail and check out Rod in her dream. That's what I I always thought was happening. Okay, and and as she's walking down the street, Glenn pops out from behind a bush, and she checks to make sure he's still awake, and he says, "Yeah, I'm still awake." I always thought that was her in her dream asking, like in her conscience, if he's still awake. I don't think he's really in the dream with her. That's how I always took it. I could be wrong though. What was your guys' take on that? Because this is the part where I first went, what the hell's going on here? This is a bunch of bullcrap. I think she's probably talking in her sleep, and he's probably telling her. Right. All right. Well, I, I guess if you go back to the end and what we talked about at the beginning, if the whole thing is a dream, nothing matters. You can do right. anything, <laughs> and it, it, which is just it's a, it's, a, it's a cheap way to make a movie. And and the, and even on listening to the commentary, Craven said, "I think I wrote down I quotes. I think I wrote down exactly what he said. He said, this is where the audience is totally lost.' <laughs> and he said it mission accomplished. Yeah, he, he said it very proud. He, like it, this is the point where you start to question what's going on, and that's what I did. And he was like, so proud of it. Oh, he meant to do that. Yes. Oh, there's nothing like making a movie that's completely un, you know non understandable to keep drawing audiences in. Although I guess it worked in this case." I mean, and oh, and he also said they have no idea what's going on. That's what he said. <laughs> and I said, I, I think I even said it out loud. I was like, you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> and he said, yes, I do, Dave. <laughs> even though I recorded this years ago. Of course I do, Dave. <laughs> so she sees Rod, and I'm wondering at this point, assuming, I mean, forgetting the whole the whole thing is a dream thing. Whose dream is this? I, I thought it was his dream that she, like, walked into and she's, like, watching what's happening in his dream. Who, Rod's? Yes. Okay. Oh, I'm confused now just, just talking about it. And then who's on third? No. It, it might so be. when does Leonardo DiCaprio come in? Because <laughs> <laughs> even if, if, I mean, is if that's what's happening, Rod... I was watching. I was watching this very closely. He's laying in the bed, and he wakes up. He stirs. Right. There's the scene where Freddy walks through the bars. Yes. And Rod stirs, but Freddy's still there. Like, he's awake for, like, a second. I always thought that Freddy wanted Nancy to, to like, watch this. So she, he, she's in the dream with him. 
but he's not going to kill her. He's going to kill him to like show her I can kill. Okay. That's what I always thought. Can you dream about other people? Oh hell yeah! And and but but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, can you have a dream that I mean I don't I don't know like this I don't I don't know that I do this. Can anyone do this? Can you dream a dream that you're not in? Wait, uh, I don't. Do I, don't oh, to, I see what you're saying. Do I need to start doing the background? You have to be in it because if you're if you're dreaming, yes, you have to be in it. Well, then I would think that lends to the to the this is all bullcrap argument because there are many times that she's if this is all supposed to be a dream, she wasn't in Tina's first dream. No. So, can you do that? Do you ever have dreams where you're not there? Not that I I know. I have. Now you mention it. Not that I know of. I have dreams. No, I wasn't there. <laughs> Dave, why are you getting all cerebral? It's a freaking movie from <laughs> Because this, as I, as I watched it, I get more and more angry. I don't think Wes Craven put this much thought into it. Yeah, oh, I know awful. he didn't. I know he didn't. There's no way he did. <laughs> because, and this is another thing. This is when I started to get angry with him. You know, the, the scene I just talked about where Freddie walks through the bars. Yeah. This is like he took credit for anything that was ever filmed. Okay, I think he took credit for the invention of the camera because he said, oh, you know, it's nice when you when you see your film, you know, being paid homage in other movies. There was that scene in Terminator 2. I was just saying uh, it. No. Where, where, the t- where the Terminator walked through the bars. That was a nod to our film. I was oh, like, yeah. I don't think I don't I think so at all. That, right? he, 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 talks, he does that a lot in the commentary that I saw. And I it just, him. <laughs> I think James Cameron would take him out and cage fight him for that comment alone. He, he would win. Be the best cage he would win, ever. too. He'd be like the... Bitch slap ego Hollywood douches <laughs> slap each other. They just have their PAs do it. Yeah, that's true. Well, Freddie chases her to the house, and uh, she sees Glenn asleep. She gets all angry with Glenn, and because the alarm clock has woken her up because Glenn has fallen asleep. Um, but before she does that, this is, to me is another linchpin in the movie. She looks in the mirror and says, "I wrote down exactly what she says." She says, this is just a dream. This isn't real. And then Freddy crashes through the window. Isn't that what she does at the end to make him disappear? She almost like, I don't believe in you kind of thing and turns her back on him. How yeah, is this different? Yeah, she takes away her energy. Right. Isn't it's she different, basi- Dave. She's not saying the same thing there? She says, this is a dream. This isn't real. At that no, point, but- she's, she's still is afraid and scared. Like At the end, she isn't afraid of him any- anymore. She's a badass at the end. Yeah. She's fucking MacGyver. This is... Uh, I just feel so unfortunate that this is the best debate we've had on an, I, on this show, and I have nothing to contribute, because I just <laughs> <laughs> thought none of these points that any of you were bringing up. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let you know this, too. Wes Craven has also taken credit for uh, when Freddy crashes through the mirror. According to him, that's the first time it's ever been done in a movie. What? Oh, someone crashing well, through a mirror? Someone crashing through a mirror like that. Way to go, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> he he does that a lot of times. Anytime, For real? So, uh, that's the first time it ever happened in a movie. Adam and Eve, first time Apple Snake yeah. Mine. That car driving, first time ever on screen. Wow. To me, he just does a bad job the whole time with the real world, dream world scenario. And that's one of the things that I really liked about the remake that Chris hated. I hated it. I hated it because of one. Of one reason, him. I don't like the guy playing Freddy. 
Too short. Why? Because it wasn't him? Because it wasn't... Well, I, no, the guy was way too short. It reminded me of, like, Chucky. The guy is way too short attacking kids, and his voice was terrible. Short guys are scary. <laughs> I thought he was awesome. I thought that the remake was really great. And in the remake, they did these really cool things where the people were in and out of sleep, and you could see, like, the room would start to, like haze in and out and then it would go back to reality and then it would kind of like start to fall apart and it would go back to reality it was really cool cgi and i did enjoy the cgi there yeah that that, that part was cool like the, the cgi effects but just the whole him and the whole um background of it was kind of weird mm. not, not, not what i thought they did change it a little yeah well I don't know. Just for me, for this whole movie to work, there has to be rules. And if the filmmaker doesn't care enough to pay attention to this stuff, why should I? <laughs> That's true. So, but I, but Christy, Christy's right. I mean, it's a stupid movie. She's, a, she's always right. Christy's always right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> End of the podcast. Hey, this is on recording. <laughs> this that, is recording. That I edit, so. Oh, crap. Yeah. Pipe down there, sweetheart. <laughs> That's true. This might Delete. not make it into the final cut. <laughs> but Nancy tells her parents about Freddy, and it's the the first sign of them even acknowledging it. They kind of like the parents look kind of you know somewhat concerned, but not enough to actually do anything. Although Nancy's mother does take her to the Sleep Disorder Research Center with Roger, Roger Rabbit, Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> which was that was that was an important scene in the movie because that's where she pulls his hat out. Yes. And that's an important... Yes. Yeah. And it's probably the most exciting sequence that should have happened in the film. How did her hair get white? How did she get the hat? What happened? No, no, no. She just wakes the hell up. And what's, <laughs> and what's even weirder is this... This she, she pulls the hat out, goes home, and puts it in the top fucking silverware drawer. Yeah, it was just right in there with the cutlery. She, she didn't the, put it there. Her mother took it away from her and put it in there. <laughs> the top drawer for the knives are at? Yeah. She's a drunk. Touche. Yeah. Was she? I mean, the the drinking problem to me materialized about halfway through the movie. Is that because like she was reminiscing, getting closer to the f- truth about Freddy yes. and stuff? Because Fred Krueger was she drinking at the beginning? They. In no, the, I figured the writers of the comic that excuse for being such an idiot up to this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. they they kind of alluded to the fact in the in one of those and ser- like one of those behind the th- scenes things that, that she was a drunk from the beginning. It just gets worse and worse because. She's losing control of her daughter, and especially once the murder happens, it stresses her out, and she gets worse. And I, yeah, I can see that. But the fact that I she didn't had, catch that, I, it shouldn't have to be explained on a podcast twenty five years later. The fact I mean, that it should be a little a, more obvious. I don't think that bottle in the linen closet just appeared there. I think it's right. been there. Oh, right. I didn't see that. I was barely, at this point. I was barely paying attention. I popped open a game. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing other stuff. At All this I hear point. is ah. <laughs> the hair turning gray, Chrissy's right. There is no explanation for <gasps> no. that. No. There's that, no explanation. That to me is another ripoff of Poltergeist. Uh, yeah, I remember that part. Joe Beth yeah. Williams' hair turns gray in Poltergeist. It's two. Yeah. Another one and you're out, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> but the, yeah, Christy's absolutely right. Why did her hair turn gray? The, I just got mad and felt gypped that we missed probably an exciting dream sequence. Right. Watching the the seismograph, s- smoke with Roger Rabbit. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, the Ari. Oh, now she's in deep sleep. How, How long were they there? Go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> How long were they there? Like watching her sleep, like hours. Well, it was, was daylight when they got there. It was night when they were just. She was just falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. What the hell were they doing that whole time? <laughs> well, after this, this revelation and the hat, and now, now the mom finally has to fess up. And she tells her the story of how there was this child murderer, not a teenager murderer, even though he's murdering teenagers in this movie, who killed 20 kids. And a bunch of us parents got together and killed him. Mommy killed him. Parents of who? Good question. (laughs) Because if she didn't, if she had this child after all this happened, who the hell was her child that she could refer to herself as a parent? Right. Was there a... Now, I think they missed, like, something that could have been in there that, that like, she had a brother that she never knew that she had that was murdered by Freddy or something like that. But I'm sorry, that would have been too much thought, Wes Craven. Christy, this is the <sighs> finest podcast we've ever had. <laughs> ever. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it would have been so much better that, like, they had a son that had been murdered by him. That's why they were so driven to murder. I always thought that it was the parents of the kids who got murdered who did it. Yeah. That's why I always took it. They were involved in this then? Yes. All these parents. Tina's mother. The whore. There were 20 kids. What about Glenn's parents? I mean, these are like the most buttoned down, although the guy's drinking a beer, the mother is like the most sweet buttoned down church lady you'd ever seen in your life. She got together and burned this guy alive? She stayed home. (laughs) She stayed home. And the husband went out. I'm going to go get some smokes. <laughs> I'm gonna go buy a lighter. Literally, and she has the knife. Why was she given control of the knives? <sighs> ah, that's weird. I don't know. Because he that. was the sheriff. Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I think that's how Wes wrote this script. I Ooh, like that. that. Sounds good. Yeah, that what sounds that? good. But hey, to me, she's a kid. Give her the keys. <laughs> they're they're. The the other thing that I want to know is why this is happening now. Is this an anniversary of something that happened? Like there needs if there was a better backstory other than a guy fixing up some gloves, these things might make a little more sense or show it in a flashback or something like that. But this isn't the case. You know, I really thought there was going into this like more like there was some big event that it was happening now, but it just must have been either like the culmination of seeing all the movies together or just references of it, you know, like on The Simpsons and at God knows every, everywhere else that filled in that gap. Because when I watched this, I'm like, hmm, I certainly don't remember the story the way it's really told, do I? Right. Well, I think you you invent, you like you, in your memory, you add details that aren't there just because you have to make sense of it. Maybe, yeah. Well, each, each sequel always added like a new part of the background story, too. Right, right, right. Well, when you're a kid... You don't give a crap about stuff like that. You're just right. like, oh, okay, he killed kids, whatever. Horror movie. Yeah. Which, Blood and guts. Which is probably the way we should be going after this, but we're not. <laughs> because why, and if this is all the case, why is he attacking the parents in their dreams? They're the ones I that killed that them. Be- because you can hurt the parents more by killing the kids. You can hurt someone more by killing their kids than to kill them? No, because then they, they got to live on forever with the, the death of maybe their the, children. Maybe the kids have more believability like they'll believe a dream a lot easier than a parent will yes kids aren't on name you are amazing the, the, they like you know how they they in all those horror movies they they sometimes go after the kids just because it's 
it's untouched easier. memories and stuff like that, and, and it's easier to get more fear out of them. I don't even know why I'm here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. Go back to bed. I'm going to play my game. All right, well, let's keep moving on here. Glenn falls asleep, and you get the cool tongue phone scene. Yeah. What does he say? I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Okay. <laughs> she kept it. You actually made me jump just now when you did that because I wasn't <laughs> looking at you. <laughs> she, she kept it. That's, that, that was funny. <laughs> so at this point, like this, I was very confused because to me she's awake and she's experiencing something that could only happen in a dream. Like Glenn's the one that's asleep. Yes, you're right. So she has to be asleep at this point, which leads lends itself to Wes Craven's idea that the whole thing is a dream. Because to the viewer, she is awake at this Correct. point. Yes. Right. Okay. And she she even unplugs the phone and it, it still rings. It rings. It's like, you know. But Glenn's death is also pretty famous. I mean, getting sucked into the bed and all the the blood coming out. That's a that's a yeah. famous, famous horror movie death. Not only because it's Johnny Depp. I think it could have been anybody and that would be pretty famous. Yeah, that was pretty cool. They got to use the turning room again. They actually said that when they they did it, the all the liquid coming to this the top or flowing down when they were pouring it actually turned the room on its side and unbalanced the room. So the guys that were on the top pouring the blood started to fall, and they actually fell off the room because the room started to tilt because the the liquid was making the the room unsteady and it was making it rock. Wow. You know what's weird is that when you're watching that scene, you can see all the blood going to one side yeah, of the rooftop. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, they said it was totally accidental, and but it's made it one of the most memorable scenes. Hmm. Well, Nancy is on the war path now. Whatever. This part, this part's retarded. <laughs> She's in full MacGyver mode. She buys. She bought that um <laughs> that, that book. <laughs> Another Casio keyboard hit. Yep. <laughs> She has her idiot's guide to setting booty twaps. And what's weird is that she <laughs> she called her dad and said, come over here in 20 minutes. Yeah. And then she did all that shit and slept Yeah, in 20 minutes. She's doing a lot in 20 minutes. This is some serious Mr. Wizard crap going on here. Gunpowder in the light bulb. The tripwire suspending a sledgehammer from the ceiling with hangers. I'm alone with my dreams. All we needed was Acme on the side of the damn sledgehammer. (laughs) Yipe. Well, and and she wants her father to come over to arrest him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that part I didn't quite get. Arrest him. Daddy. Right. Well, she goes to sleep and... uh, you know, you got another good build-up, I think, to the boiler room. When things were happening in the boiler room, I think at least the movie seemed to be back on track to me. It takes its time, and it keeps you expecting him to jump out when he when he does it. I thought that was back to being effective again. But uh, what did you think of, of England's acting? To me, of, of all the things to... to Criticizing this movie, you can't criticize him. I mean, he, I thought, he was hardly in it. I mean, he, was, he just would say a few lines. Right. I thought he was, was good, it. though. I think yeah. He, oh, yeah. And what's cool was that he was always like in the dark. You never saw his like full face or anything. You know, it was that's what thing. made that's what made Freddie so damn popular was him. I mean, the knives were cool, right? The makeup was different. I mean, it's you know, I think maybe I, I really have no idea. I'm not a horror expert by any means. I'm talking about my out of my ass here, but he's probably one of the first horror guys you've seen. You know, with a full face and wasn't covered in some kind of mask. But if it, if it was portrayed really crappily. You know, or just really boring, it wouldn't be as popular. I think England's performance is what made Freddie so damn popular. And yeah. he could talk. 
That right. was the main yeah. point is that that Jason couldn't talk the do they talk in Texas Chainsaw Massacre? He doesn't. Leatherface does any kind of grunts and laughs and makes weird Yeah, but noises. he doesn't have one-liners and he doesn't have jokes and stuff. So yeah. Michael Myers, that was the no. first time you could have a quotable horror movie, like a horror movie villain. Well, that's what I asked Chris because Chris is the big fan. You prefer part three because yeah. that's when he really started to do that kind of I stuff. I really got on board when he was like making one-liners and jokes and... How sweet fresh meat and welcome to prime time, bitch. All those one liners were just was made him even cooler to to kill people. And when did that start? Three. Okay. So you weren't you weren't a big fan of two? No, no, not really. Okay. Or even he made those up too. Yeah, those pri- welcome to prime time, bitch was an improv according to this. Oh, uh, that's that's even cooler now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you and you were lucky enough. Well, not lucky enough. You stood in line forever. I met him. Met Robert England, and I met Kane Hodder. I met Ken Kurtzinger, the guy who played Jason. And Freddie was so nice. He's such a nice guy in real life. Yeah, that's what a friend of ours said who just met, just got to his autograph and picture taken with him. Said he was awesome. Well, yeah. even in in these specials, he was saying, "Look, this movie made me, and and the fans are the, who made me, and I will never ever stop being grateful." And so, the, you know, somebody wants to take a picture, somebody wants to autograph, somebody wants to talk, I'm going to be there because they definitely made me who I am. Robert English like, should, oh. should call Mark Hamill. Yeah, no kidding. Tell him <sighs> that shit, you know? Yeah. Well, that was the it, other thing that we put on the Facebook page, that Robert Englund apparently had auditioned for Luke Skywalker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I saw that. <laughs> and was, you know, didn't get the part, and mentioned to his buddy, Mark Hamill, hey, you should go audition for this. Thank you, Freddie. <laughs> it wasn't for you it would be no Star Wars but I guess they were pretty good friends I guess so hey, if Robert England would have signed your poster <laughs> the right way <laughs> yeah, exactly. he would have he asked me yeah he said he was real nice he was nice uh, to the he kids was and nice to the kids he, he took a photo with Luke and I, I mean with his weird mouth open you know in his Freddy face that's cool that's how he I judge see, all he people he seems like a guy who's really grateful for getting the role of, uh, a role like Freddy in his career yes yeah. he doesn't seem to resent it like some people do with the stuff they're typecast for he seems opposite of that of Mark Hamill I guess is what I'm trying to say there you go <laughs> <laughs> and Robert Englund has his original face Oh, see, I couldn't help that. That was see the car accident. Stop it. Even I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I, maybe that's where it all turned. Take it back. Maybe they used a murderer's skin or a jackass's skin, and that's why he's such a jerk. Wow. <laughs> Even I'm not saying anything. That would I'm make sorry. a good movie. Wes Craven should write it. <laughs> that was like body parts. Douche face. <laughs> Douche face. Well, he was a nice guy until. <laughs> well, Nancy goes. Her intention in going in there is to pull Freddie out and have her dad arrest him because he's supposed to be there in twenty minutes, but <laughs> he's not there. And they wrestle. She pulls him out. The alarm goes off, and uh, now he's he's in. I guess what's supposed to be the real world, even though it's not the real world. The booby traps go off all over the place. He's set on fire. Uh falls over the stairs, which Wes Craven also took credit for as saying that falling backwards on fire on a staircase had never been done before. Did he really say that shit? I swear to God, <laughs> okay. I've written God. down oh, all right. self-righteous, pompous jerk. Okay. All right, Breathing so. never happened before. <laughs> well, he might be right. On the steps, the guy on fire pulled out of the dream world into the real world and falling down the stairs. Probably had not been done before, but <laughs> no. is it really worth noting? No. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, the dad comes, and Freddy is now attacking the mother. Is he? Is, I he, guess. is he attacking her? Is he fucking her? What's oh, going on? Come no, on. He's, oh, he's trying to kill her. Yeah. So why does he abandon attacking Nancy? Because she's strong. <laughs> he's abandoned his whole MO, which is killing the teenagers to get back at the parents and said... Maybe I'll just go for the parents after all. Oh, maybe because he's pulled into the real world now and he finally has access to him because he couldn't Ooh. reach him in that new world. Matt, that's good. That good, is good job, man. I like yeah, that. Done. Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's attacking the mom and uh, he disappears. And the mother's burned skeleton slowly descends into a glowing bed. Of course. Which. Any damn sense. When you're watching this, you're wondering why this is happening. But according to Wes Craven, this is all a dream. This is the first scene ever filmed uh, uh, about a bed. <laughs> <laughs> so Freddie comes out of the bed, and Nancy, cool Nancy knows that he's there, and she sends her dad away, and he's more than happy to leave, even though his ex-wife is just it murdered, burned to death, and you know, sunk into a bed. <laughs> and uh, he's going to the bank to stop all the payments on the alimony checks. Where he's going. <laughs> <laughs> so she realizes that. The only way to get rid of him is to take away his power and not to be afraid and know it's just a dream, even though she did that an hour ago. No, she didn't. <laughs> yeah, she right. Did. No, she didn't. Thank you. <laughs> so he disappears. Poof. Poof. Sparkle. <laughs> and she goes outside, and it's daytime, and, oh. and everyone's okay. So so everyone has come back. Is <laughs> And we're back I to I want the, my friends back. I always thought the end was a dream, but that's just me. So you always thought the end was a dream? Yes. And the, everything that happened before it was real? I thought he was really in the, in the real world, you know, pulled out of a dream. Yeah, I thought that was all. Okay. All well, who's dreaming at, at the end then? Who? Freddie. Wes, Wes Craven. Wes Cra- oh, <laughs> <you're good. laughs> I'm just so frustrated at this point because I, I need to know what's going on. Like I said, these need, this needs to have rules and it has none. But that's how all these movies are. There's, there's never answers. It's always just playing with, with your mind. Well, and like I said, he wanted to end the movie. And the this guy, the Bob Shea, said, "No, we need to, we need to continue this." And uh, the, his compromise then was to have the the car with the Freddy top, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the mother pulled through the door. The the doll that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and the little girl's jumping rope and yep, classic. Okay, so. I don't know. I, the other thing that I that I wondered too was, you know, the, the whole this all basically works on the premise that if you die in your dream, you die in real life. Correct. And that's not true. I I did research on it, and the, there's lots has, of people that die in their dreams, and they're they're just fine. I don't know there, how you would know that if you're the person's dead. How would you interview them? What'd you dream about? Oh, <laughs> yeah. there's there's been times as, as a kid where I remember having dreams where they like falling off a cliff or something, and I would make sure I was awake before I hit the ground. Ser- well, <laughs> seriously, I think that happens to a Are lot of people. You dreaming you were Wiley Coyote? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Dun, dun. It's like in your natural instinct to wake up. I think as right. a, as a human being, but I I looked online. There's tons of people that they did sleep studies on and they did die in their dreams and they woke up and they're like hey I died I'm still here here, here I am hello so maybe the researchers that were taking the interviews were, were dreaming oh. listen to that look at that Ugh. booyah <laughs> well like I said before I feel like this whole thing is a betrayal and it's another 
example of Hollywood not being able to end movies. It's too convenient, it's too easy, and it's poorly written. And this is exactly like, Matt, you made a movie called Perfect Ending. It's on neozaz.com. We made fun of all the <laughs> endings of movies, and one of them was that it was all a dream ending. Yep, that's true. We did, yeah. So once again, Wes Craven gave you this idea. They did. Thank you, Wes Craven. <laughs> uh, and Dallas. And Dallas. And Bob Newhart. Wow. Oh, yeah. But, it, but, but at the end, it, they at least were awake for that final scene. I think so. I, I don't. I just watch it for the freddiness. <laughs> for freddiness. <laughs> well, Christy had mentioned too before we started recording that that Craven got this idea. It was based on a L.A. Times article about some Cambodian refugees who are oh, having nightmares and died in their sleep. Um, so that's where he got the idea. But this movie, like I said, cost about two million dollars to make, and it made twenty five million. It was followed by seven sequels. A remake and help create a billion-dollar corporation. So uh, you can't deny its influence. So Wes Craven may not be the greatest director writer, but he's a good magician because he can pull money out of his ass. That's true. And Chris, he only- did bring us Wishmaster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have a list of his movies here. It's it's oh, a great. it's unbelievable. I mean, like I made Chris and and our other panelist Tim watch the original Last House on the Left Ooh. when I had first seen it. And that, to me, is one of the most disturbing movies I've ever seen. Yes. And he um, made us watch that shit, too. It's, it's really hard to get through. It's yeah. effective. Yeah. It, to me, it's his best movie. <laughs> it's horrible, though. It's terrible. Oh, really? And then The Hills Have Eyes. But then after that, there's it, a lot of garbage. The Serpent and the Rainbow. Bill Pullman. Oh, God. Yeah. Isn't that Sam Neill? And, uh, I, was, I thought that was Bill Pullman. I thought it was Pullman's. Sam Neill. Yeah, right. Vampire in Brooklyn? Now, you he like that, that movie. I do like Eddie Murphy. I like the movie, too. I like Eddie Murphy. that one? Oh, yeah. my God. Shocker. Shocker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shocker's awesome. Shocker's got that guy who's in every movie in the late 80s. What's his name? Uh, crap. John Catherine, Byron or something like Brian that? Brian James. Or, Tango that? Cash, right? Byron James. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He, yep. The guy that passed away not that long ago. Is, yep. Isn't Mitch Pileggi the the main guy in that yeah I haven't seen that from X-Files decades maybe I don't know and then he got he got back on the map with uh, Scream but to me Scream is good because of Kevin Williams' scripts and the actors yeah Uh, Matthew Lillard and Jamie Kennedy are really funny in those movies like it's it's funny because it's poking fun at all these things it's not because of Wes Craven no so well does anyone have anything to add before we get to our reviews Mm, not really I think I've contributed significantly. Yes, you, you have. You did a damn good job, too. You have. Chris, you, I know that you, you love all the other movies. The, the the other movies, which I've only ever seen like one of these, you made me go see uh, Freddy's Dead, the one in 3D. 3D, yeah. Oh, God. That Roseanne <laughs> is in that. Yeah, Roseanne and Tom Arnold. Yeah. I mean, it, I've seen them all. I, I, I just I love the one-liners and just how he's going to kill you next. Well, you're the aficionado. There was uh, Freddy Returns, Dream Warriors, which uh, is your favorite. Yeah. And yeah. Tim's favorite because of the Dawkins song. Well, that's his reason. Okay. <laughs> that ain't mine. Dream Master, Dream Child. Yes. Uh, when he has dead. a baby. Are you kidding me? No, there's a baby Freddy. And then yep. Wes Craven got back on board for the seventh movie, uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I wasn't a fan of that one. I liked that one. Yeah. I did. Never saw. But I, I, I really liked Freddy vs. Jason though a lot. Freddy oh, I actually like that better than any of those. I think. Yeah, yeah. Freddy and I was like, Jason. yeah. Forget the story or any of that. It was just like finally you get to see these two face off, and it was just, cool. 
Yeah. It was all about them. It wasn't about the whole either franchise, really. Right. Freddy's Nightmares TV show? I watched that every night on Fox. Uh, I used to watch that all the time, yep. too. Seriously. I made, I made sure I was home Sundays. I think it was on, and I watched it. You're going to be kidding me. No. Okay. With Monsters and... um, What was the other one? Friday the 13th, the series? Yeah. That one, too, and the crypt, Tales from the Crypt. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget two rap songs. Are You Ready for Freddy by the Fat Boys? I never was a fan of that one. And uh, Nightmare on My Street. Love by... that one. You love that one? I do. Yeah, that's your one? I love the theme. Yeah, yeah. I love Will Smith. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just. I guess I just don't get Freddy. But... Uh, I like him more than you know than, than Michael and Jason and anybody else out there. So I don't know how you can say that. I, I just don't. <laughs> but we'll talk about that, I guess, when we do our reviews. I don't. I think we're ready for our reviews. So, uh, Christy, would you like to start us off? We're going to do this uh, out of five stars. Now, Christy's only going to be able to do it uh, on her initial viewing in 2010, but the rest of us will do it in our original viewing versus our viewing for this podcast. So, Christy, let's hear what you thought about A Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, since it did not scare me as much as I thought it was it would, and I, I appreciate the eightiesness of it, I would give it a two. All right, Matt, what about you? Oh, I thought I liked it when I saw it, but it's hard to imagine I liked it that much. But I liked it enough to watch whatever we, you know, rented the whole series that one night. So I guess it had to be at least a two and a half. It had to be middle of the road. And this time around, um, man, it's there's a lot bad about it, but I got to give it credit for Robert England and for launching a franchise with that has some other stuff in it I like. So I'll only go down to a two, even though my instinct is to go lower. But I'll stick with a two for this time around. All right. I guess I'll go next. We'll leave Chris for last because I'm very interested in what Chris is going to think because, like we said, this is this is one of his things. But uh, So I'm going to go next. And when I saw this, I was 12. I was scared to death. It was the second horror movie I ever saw. really got me into horror, I think, because after that I started watching movies that would turn out being much better, specifically the original Halloween. Uh, so when I was 12, I would have given this a 3 out of 5 because it scared the crap out of me, and I thought it was pretty cool. Watching it this time, uh, I think the story's a good idea. Poorly executed, though. Some scenes were well-directed. Uh, and intense, but uh, to me, if you want to see a good movie about dreams, you don't even have to leave 1984. I recommend watching Dreamscape Ooh. with Dennis Quaid. I think it's a much better movie. It's well written and nicely executed. Uh, I'm not going to say too much about it, but Dreamscape to me is a solid movie about dreams. And Christy is so happy right now. I love Dennis Quaid. It's an awesome movie. It's, I think they used the whole idea of someone going into somebody else's dreams and, and, and using dreams as a storyline much better than this movie. So that's why I'm giving my 2010 review a one and a half out of five. So, Chris. Yes. Let's hear it. Um, 84, I was 11 years old. I was dying to see this movie. I give it a four for back then because it was just, it was scary. He was awesome. It was, it was like pro- probably before, actually after Halloween, this is like probably the next biggest thing that came out back then that, that I saw. And I love it. Now, I watched it uh, two nights, like half one night, half the other night. I couldn't really get through it all in one night. It was kind of sad. Um, it, it was cheesy, and it's, come on, Freddy, come get me. I was really uh, d- disappointed. And I refuse to give it anything that has a one in it. Uh-huh. So I'm giving it a two. 
All right, I, I'm I'm shocked. I was going to give one point five, but just the, the having the word having the number one makes me want to. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm giving it two. I'm really shocked. I know. It it really was a not a letdown, but it's really cheesy and really campy and it's <laughs> really sad to watch. Hmm. Well, based on all of our views and especially Chris's, if. Uh, our goal here is to see if the movies of the 1980s still hold up today. Nightmare on Elm Street does not. No. But you show, you show, you gotta watch it there still, at least. What does that mean? <laughs> Give it a shot. <laughs> you, you just said that two out of five and you're hedging your bets now. Well, because, you know, maybe if you had, had never seen it. He's afraid Freddy will come for him. He was <laughs> during my sleep. Dave, hold me. Okay. <laughs> All right, well. Since that's over, thank God. Let's get to the good stuff. Let's get <laughs> to our uh, top five segment. Our top five segment this week uh, features our top five scariest movies. Now, let me clarify this. This isn't uh, our favorite horror movies. These are movies that scared us personally. Something that physically and personally scared us and affected us. Rather than our favorite horror movies. So, that being said... Let us hear Christie's number five. Okay, this one I got because I had to rent. I was in film class in college, and I had to find a really bad movie and write about it. And I was like, yeah, I'll try this one. Scared the living crap out of me. Killer clowns from outer space. <laughs> the whole ventriloquist scene where he reaches up the sheriff's back and just, ah! I can't. I can't. <laughs> oh God. Ugh. Well, you've said that you 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 hate scary movies to begin with. So was it hard for you to make a list at all? Um, no, because there are still some movies that scare me that aren't necessarily horror movies. They just creep me out. But Killer Clowns, it was unusual for me to watch it. And if it hadn't been a film assign film class assignment, I wouldn't have watched it. Hmm. All right. <laughs> I believe that is our our panelist Karen's one of her one of her yeah. uh, guilty pleasures. So I'm sure you're making Karen happy anyway. I'm sure. So let's go on to number five for Matt. Okay, this this list was really hard for me because I guess a lot of movies. I, I'm not scared by movies, at least in long lasting effects. So I actually had to cheat this week, <laughs> and I I put something on the list that's media related and certainly Halloween related that did scare me. And it's actually scared me fairly recently. Just a few years ago, I heard this for the first time. So it's not a movie, but it is Orson Welles' um, radio drama of War of the Worlds. Um, I usually fall asleep at night listening to a podcast or an audiobook or something. And I had gotten this, uh, a recording of this. So I was like, let me listen to it. I listened to it. I was like, I had to get out of bed and like get on the computer for a half hour and get my mind off it because it <laughs> actually freaked me out in the middle of the night. Wow. Yeah, so I figured with it being Halloween, and since it did really creep me out, I'd put that on the list. So that's my number five, although it's not a movie. You could have also said the movie with Tom Cruise creeped you out just because for of a Dakota, different reason, yeah. Dakota Fanning. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy, oh. Poor Dakota. <laughs> All right, Chris. She's named after a state. What do you expect? <laughs> um, two of them. Uh, my, my top five movies are stuff that happens in, your, in my life. That always reminds me of this movie and just freaks me out a little bit. Number five. I don't care. I don't know how old I saw this. I had to have seen this. It came out in 1960. I had to have seen this as a kid. And every time 
after I saw this, I would hop in the goddamn fucking shower. Psycho. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, and, and to this day, I know for a fact I have played this prank on Kelly and the kids where you just pull that curtain open and... Wait, the kids? Wait. Oh, what yeah. Because that? that's just the kind of dad I am. Yeah, but they well, don't... That actually does sum it up. They don't know what I'm doing because they never see, <laughs> seen the movie. But Psycho to me, just that's, that one scene alone scares the fuck out of me. Wow. It does. I'm surprised you had this on here, too. When I saw that, I was like, do you mean the Vince Vaughn Psycho? <laughs> and and hey, sh- Shot by shot, it was the same movie. <laughs> yeah, really. No, but this, I mean, um, who's the guy who played him? Anthony Perkins. And he was great in this role. Hmm. And it was some freaky shit. I am surprised that this was on your list. Yeah, every every time you when I'm a little kid and I was showering, man, I was I, I was looking at the gunham curtain the whole time. <laughs> well, all right, uh, going on to my mind, sort of similar to yours. Mine was also released in the '60s, 1968, and it's the original Night of the Living Dead. Ah, nice. Uh, I saw it when I was little, probably after I saw Nightmare on Elm Street. I get you know, interested in horror and seeing this. It's like, ah, it's a black and white movie. What, how could this be scary? Uh, scared the crap out of me. And, I never saw that movie. Oh, it's it's so good. And it, it, to me, it's it's good and scary because of the realism of the movie. It's very raw and grainy, and it lends to this almost being more realistic than it could possibly be. Uh, there's like a lot of TV reports and TV reporters. It makes it even more real. And and it was shot in Pennsylvania, which mm-hmm. to me I was like, oh, <laughs> they're out there. That's not too far from us. <laughs> uh, just from even from the beginning, like this, just the beginning right away. The the people in the cemetery and through the whole movie, the girl ends up, you know, eating her father. It's just, just I remember just being freaked out when I was little and and expecting to laugh through this and and quite the contrary. So. Moving on to number four with Christy. This movie, I'm torn because it's a musical, so I should love it. But it also, I have a thing about lonely movies. That's what I call them, where there aren't crowd scenes when there's only like one central character and there's nothing. It's desolate. I have to really force myself to watch them because they make me feel incredibly uncomfortable. And that would be The Wiz. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) The Wiz creeps me out on so many levels because, one, it's a movie where there's not a lot of people. Two, there's the whole damn trash cans coming to life in the damn subway. The first time I went to New York, I was in college, and I was like, don't leave me alone in the subway. The trash cans will come alive. Nipsey Russell would be down here talking and singing, and I can't do it. (laughs) Three, Michael Jackson. (laughs) Yeah, that that movie creeps me out. I... I don't think I've ever seen The Wiz. Chris, have you ever seen The Wiz? I uh, I have, but I think once. Yeah. He's on down. He's on down the road. Hmm. All right. Well, that, that's that's an interesting interesting choice. So going from one interesting choice to another. Okay, Matt, yeah, I, this I, I gotta is, hear this. Pre- prepare to laugh at me, but it's true. This is the first movie. This I wanted to see this movie so bad, like the rest of the world went to see it. I thought nothing of it when I watched it, but it's the first movie that I had a bad dream about, like that immediately that night, <laughs> and had recurring bad dreams about. And because of those damn dreams, I now cannot stand this movie. And in fact, sometimes my wife will drag me on the ride at Universal Studios, and I just want to jump off and run out of the building. 
And I'm talking about the movie E.T. <laughs> he, he really has a very strange, unnerving, like, phobia of E.T. Yeah. Really? It's because of those damn dreams. Yep. Yeah. So but it not, wasn't while watching it. it it's not it's, the movie. No, it's the yeah. after effect. I dreamt of him chasing me, saying my name, and it just freaked me the hell out. <laughs> Matt, Matt, oh, I'm, I'm giving myself goosebumps just doing an impression. Oh, and especially on the on the ride, it says your name because you give your name at the beginning of the my, ride. I give a fake name, and then What's at the name? end, it Steve. Says, <laughs> Matt, I hit stop it. <laughs> Matt's running away. I hate that freaking movie now. Wow. <laughs> All right, Chris. What about your number four? That's funny. Et. Um. <laughs> Number four, um, to me, this this shit I think really does exist, like like haunted areas, haunted houses, and all that kind of freaky shit. And this is the, one of the first ones that ever came out. Until this day, if I'm driving around and I see these windows up in a building, it fucking I drive fast past the fucking house. <laughs> Amityville Horror, 1979. <laughs> that those windows, how they're shaped, scare the shit. Scare the crap out of me, man. I, I I hate that. I just hate seeing those windows. So you're scared of the windows and not I the am. movie? <laughs> Everything about the movie, though, but whenever you see those windows to this day, you think of the movie. It's like, oh. And if there's a stuffed E.T. in the window, look out. <laughs> that is a very scary movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The original, not the. Yes, not, not the, the Ryan Reynolds one, no. No. I can't take Ryan Reynolds serious. <laughs> all, all the yeah, exactly, all the flies and shit going on. That yeah, that's ooh. and Margot Kidder, right? You love Margot Kidder with her teeth in, yes. Before she knocked her teeth out with a ball peen <laughs> hammer. That's right, <laughs> under a bush. <laughs> all right. Well, my number four is a pretty recent movie, and I think it's weird that a recent movie is on here because. It seems like we're older now. We shouldn't be scared by anything anymore. <laughs> but seeing this movie just freaked me out big time. And it's The Strangers. I think the reason that I that I am so afraid of it is because of the remoteness of the movie. Uh, the people are just out in the middle of the woods, in the middle of nowhere, helpless to these unknown killers. I think that's the other thing that's very scary about it. It's the unknown people with the with the masks and a guy with a pillowcase on his head. You have no idea why these people are targeting these people. And they're in your house. And they're in your house. Looking at you. Walking around. And sometimes they don't even bother you. They just like to look at you. <laughs> oh, what a what a movie. Yeah. And I think it was based on some true events and, and I read a little bit that it was may have been even based on the uh, on the Manson family, which I always found creepy. I read Helder Skelter when I was little and that always scared the crap out of me. But uh if you haven't seen The Strangers, I think you should definitely definitely check it out. Did, I know Chris saw it. Did either of you guys see it? No, I haven't seen it. I wanted to. And uh, now with your recommendation, you need, I think I will. Do you need to ask me even? That's true. Don't, yeah, she's, she's going to be crazy. Matt, don't let Chris. Don't have her no, watch it. They, they uh, have, I don't think it's going to be much of a fight. Yeah, I, They show scenes <laughs> of it in like still shots of it I've seen at work. Um, and that was disturbing enough. Uh, it, and and I read online too the the guy who wrote the movie, he said that he got the idea because when he was little he and his little sister were home alone oh, yeah. and somebody came to the door looking for somebody else, which is how the killers first approach the people, oh. and uh, and they said no they're not here and closed the door and it turned out the people were in the neighborhood robbing and and hurting people in the neighborhood. Oof. 
Um, and, well, I don't want to say too much. I mean, we say spoilers, but uh, Matt Mac is <laughs> Matt's listening to this as I say it. So if you <laughs> want to see it. <laughs> but I definitely recommend The Strangers. It's really good. One of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Don't watch it with her, though. Yeah, don't. No, don't. Uh, like I said, it's not going to be much of a fight to keep her from watching not it. Not a problem. <laughs> All right, so back to Christy and her number three. This movie, I've never made it all the way through because I just don't, I don't do these movies. Um, but there are images of it that have stuck with me. The one pe- the couple places that I have seen, and that would be Silence of the Lambs. Oh, Clarice. <laughs> Especially the Wild Bill scenes. Oh. Those stick with me. <laughs> well, you're laughing about what? Yeah, the, the well, well, because that actor he's in all the, these new shows now and stuff and you, you always uh, think of Wild, Wild Bill yeah. <laughs> you think of, of that scene and then he tucks th- it between his legs would you fuck me and then you think of clerks too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd fuck me yeah, they, is she a real big fat person <laughs> <laughs> that's another great obscure impression that you do <laughs> thank you <laughs> put the lotion in the basket <laughs> we, we actually found somebody at work showed me once um Silence the musical. Oh, that was so funny. And he sings, there's a song, and he goes, It puts a lotion on its skin, it does it when it's told. <laughs> puts a lotion on its skin, it does it. Or else or it, it gets, gets the, the hose. <laughs> Put the fucking lotion in the basket. <laughs> I kill you, but there's somebody at the door. Yeah, it's, pretty, <laughs> it's great. I have it's to like, check that out. It's very funny. It's, it was an experimental one. It, it, it actually, I don't think it ever made the stage, but, but it, they did the whole soundtrack with pretty much a Casio keyboard. Nice. And, and they had all the different songs. It was very, it was funny, but ooh, the movie. Yeah, I think my <laughs> wife, if my wife had to make a list, uh, that would definitely be on hers too. The worst part is, is at, at the end in, in the basement and there's, um, Night goggle, vision goggles. Right. Yeah. That was always creepy. Awesome movie. Awesome, awesome movie. Yep. Yeah, if you would watch it, Christy, I mean, if you could stomach the thing, you, you would just, you would love the filmmaking. It's, mm, she had to step out for a second. Yeah. I could answer. No, I'm not, not going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Another obscure impression. <laughs> <laughs> not, as, not as good as my others. No. All right, Matt. Well, let's have your number three. Okay, my number three. Some people love this movie and some hate it. I think it's the fact that I watched it at three in the morning um, in my our old house, which was in the middle of nowhere, and that's what a lot had to do with it. Um, but it half about halfway through the movie, when things started to go wrong for the people in the movie, that's when it started to like. It was like, ooh, this is getting a little freaky, and that's the uh, Blur Witch Project. Nice, ooh, very nice. All right, Chris. What about you and your number three? Number three. This movie came out in 1980. Uh, I never actually experimented or experienced anything from this movie. Just the performance of Jack Nicholson being crazy in The Fucking Shining. Mm, that, that, yeah, that movie, he does such a great job, even though he's crazy in like, the bucket list. He's still crazy in everything out there. And this movie was like really just creepy to watch. The whole blood down the hallway, the two kids. Oh. <laughs> creepy. That's what it makes you do. Yes. Oh. Even though I couldn't stand her. I didn't even 
know her name of Tom Neither, Hanks. Shelley neither Duvall. could the director. Yeah, yeah, Shelley Duvall, yeah. Hated her. Hated her. She was great in Popeye. <laughs> oh, Pop, there goes my number two. <laughs> Jackson was great. This is like one of his best performances, even though he has a lot of them out there, but creepy shit. You love Nicholson. I do. Never understood why, but you You didn't like Jack? No. <laughs> no. It's a pretty definitive answer. Uh, no. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, on to me, then on my number three. And kind of like Matt said, I got, uh, I probably get some crap from this. I make people make fun of me for this. But my number three is the original Paranormal Activity, <laughs> which we were talking about beforehand, Chris, and I sing number two. And Matt scoffed at the first one. <laughs> But uh, I remember seeing that man. I don't see what you. was scary about it. I'm sorry. I, uh, I know people love it, but I was like, it, it was all like just so much of nothing going on on that screen. I think that's why I found it so scary. Oh. It was the suspense of you knew something was going to happen. It was the suspense of sitting there waiting for something to happen. Uh, the suspense of waiting for the credits. Yeah. <laughs> and those were the two most unlikable people I've ever seen on a screen. I agree. I still was scared. No, man, would you? When you saw this movie, did you see it in the theater with like a bunch of like people? No, not a lot of people at all. All right, we did, the... and that's what made it, I think, even better. Maybe, but Cause they were running out of there, screaming, cursing, scared shitless. Yeah, uh, people ran out of the theater when yeah. they knew something was going to happen. In fact, one girl ran from the back row all the <laughs> yeah. way down and out and went, "Oh hell no!" Yeah. <laughs> You're <a> South Philly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, to me, my imagination is always worse than anything that they could put on a screen. Dave Dave hates paranormal, uh, like, ghosts and spirits and I voices. I can't do ghosts. I cannot <laughs> do anything involving ghosts. I'm so afraid of ghosts. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> I you. take it you did not watch the Patrick Swayze one? Um, yeah, that was fine. He was a friendly my, ghost. He was like Casper. No. He was Casper. <laughs> My darling. <laughs> I cannot do ghosts. And after Chris and I saw the first one, it was it was at least three or four days of me sleeping with the lights on, on the couch with the TV on, because I could not sit in in the quiet. And this is I'm talking I'm talking about grown ass man. I actually nagged him for like a couple of days since part two came out to go see it. No, I can't do it. Hell no. Oh hell no. Oh, hell no. <laughs> and I finally Gave it broke down, yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't quite as bad, but uh, yeah, that first one that's why it's my number three. But like I said, you know, some people some people get into it, and some people think it's just stupid. Matt, Matt. I stand by my impression like two or three podcasts ago of that movie. What was that? I don't remember. Oh, it's like the I was just remarking how the two characters are so unlikable and yelling at each other. I don't. I'll make you go back and listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that means we're on to our number twos. And back to Matt. Here's number two. Uh, Are you going to do Christy's? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot Christy. (laughs) Jeez. Christy, what's your number two? (laughs) You threw me off because I was like, I didn't make a sarcastic comment about my wife's comment. I can't go next. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Go ahead, Christy. This this movie I saw the first time I took a... uh, I, well, it wasn't the first time. I took a trip to my grandmother's house and I stayed up late because we were on vacation and my mother was asleep and I'm like, I'm going to watch a scary movie. And in Michigan, they had um, a like Count Scary, kind of like one of those 
goofy Saturday morning. Oh, I'm a Dracula vampire. Blah, blah, blah. And they've like been John Candy on SCTV. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it, it, Count Scary was actually very much like John Candy, and um, and they had this movie called Dracula from 1979 with Frank Langella. <laughs> It scarred me for life because it was so. I all I remember is at one point the he's, dude from the box, <laughs> the dude from Eddie with Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. He dated Whoopi Goldberg, yes. And I just remember, Frank Langella. Yes, he did. Yeah. Perry Perry White. Really? Yeah, he did. No. Um, yes, yeah, he did. Okay. He did. Wow. Okay. Um, but he, he, Ted he was Dracula. <laughs> and given it was a cheesy ass movie. But at some point, Laurence Olivier is on a ship, and they're they're on a ship, and it wrecks. But he gets struck by lightning, and it's so just. Sounds like you're talking about Top Secret now, with no Laurence Olivier. Laurence Olivier was not in Top Secret. Oh no, it was Omar Sharif. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> I'm glad I edited this. That's that's not a statement. Yeah, take that out. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's good, man. But yeah, that that movie. To this day, I, I remember seeing it and just being creeped out. And I was like, I watched it and then I turned it off. And then I turned it back on. Then I turned it back on. <laughs> I, just, I was like, no, I don't want to. Yes, I do. No, I don't. Ah, no, I don't. <laughs> so it's a horrible movie. It is bad. Donald Pleasance is in it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, just, it's just this awful, cheesy 79 Dracula movie. But it left an impression on me. Frank's eyes, too, never stay still. Yeah, Constantly yeah. wiggling, jiggling back and forth. That is really bizarre to watch him. Look at me, look at him, look at me, look at him. I'm on a horse. I'm on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, on to number two for you. After Okay, after this is one of the few movies that I turned off just because I can't watch it anymore because it was... Like just a, it was a torture movie. It wasn't even a horror movie. Usually I turn movies off because they're boring. This I probably could have watched story-wise, but it was just like too much to watch. Uh, it's a Japanese movie, and I actually watched it because I was watching like a top or like a horror movie special thing, and Rob Zombie said this is like the only movie that disturbs him. So I was like, oh, I got to see what disturbs oh Rob Zombie, and sure, I could see why. And it's uh, called Audition. Oh, we own it. <laughs> yeah, we do. Because I couldn't rent it. I had to buy it on Amazon. Yeah, I, I don't even like to dust around it. <laughs> <laughs> Did it come in a brown paper bag? <laughs> it's no. I, <laughs> Not that bad. Actually, it's got a very pretty girl on the front cover. Yeah, I, but I, um, like, is it, we have the alternate cover. Probably. There, there was another it's cover probably, that had like It's not a Japanese a, cover. It's an, it's a, it was like import, a, yeah. a needle in the eye or something like that because it's pretty much torture. Did you guys ever see this movie or hear of it? Oh, never, well, no. I had never heard of it till you, till you sent me your list. And a, it. I went online and found out some of those things. And it said that Rob Zombie, of all people, said that he he couldn't sit through it. Yeah, that's it was this special. that It was his recommendation in a way, I guess, because I had to see, like I said, what freaked him out. Yeah, it's about, long story short, it's about this guy who, uh, him and his son hold a fake audition really just to meet women. And this, you follow a girl after an audition and she, you, when you catch up with her, she's already kind of in the end reigns of having tortured an older man. And now she's going to continue with this guy. And, and so you see, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you see like the end result of one guy and then you see the whole process start over. It's just. It's really foul. And I'm not even quite sure how it ends because I've never seen the ending. You never watched the whole thing? 
I don't think I've seen the ending because you just try and just went. Yeah, it's like it's like when I when it when so much time passes, I think I'm gonna watch it again. I end up having to watch it closer to the beginning to remind myself what it's about, and it's like it gets too much. It's like I don't get to the end because like it just gets keep getting worse and worse and worse. I'm like I just I can't watch this. Wow, it makes me want to see it. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's yeah. It's I mean, it almost it like the, the description Rob Zombie gave that can, made me want to see it. Can we send it to Dave? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Get it out of the house. Yeah, the house. I don't even like the fact that it's in the house. I'll end up burying it in the backyard. <laughs> I might have to. Well, I thought, it's that disturbing. It it must be. I I went online and read some stuff about it because I was like, I had no idea what this was. And they said that it even showed at some film festival, and people in the audience knew the director was there, and they went up to him. And started screaming at him, like telling him how he was an evil human being. Yeah, well, it's it, that's what's most disturbing. It's not even so much the violence because I've seen probably as much blood and guts and countless other things. It's really the psychology, the I like the who thinks of this. It's it's worse than Saw. Ooh, I think Ooh. Chris is like all excited over here. Yeah, we'll send it to you, Chris, because yeah, we'd yeah. like to see how you would react to it. I want to watch that during church. <laughs> 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 All right, Chris. How about you? All right, uh, where were my lists? Uh, number two, right? What we're doing number two. Nineteen eighty-two. This movie came out. I was niner. Nine niner. <laughs> um, there's there's this this the whole movie scares me, but there's one part that really, as a kid, scared the fuck out of me. Was this, this was that goddamn clown on the rocking chair in the bedroom in Poltergeist? <laughs> I had when I was a kid, me and my brother shared a bunk bed, and we had a photo of a clown above it on one side of the bed. I would have fucking nightmares of this thing constantly attacking me, coming after me, laughing at me, whatever. And it makes stories that this thing worse is on the other side of the bed was a photo of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Okay. A photo. Well, a, a picture. Photo. A photo. <laughs> that was taken by John the Baptist. It he was. His, Click. He got his finger, um, in, his he his finger in front of the lens. It was a picture painting, whatever, okay. of Jesus Christ. And, I, and in my dreams, while the clown is killing me, fucking, <laughs> fucking with me, Jesus' photo picture thing would look at me, point, and laugh. In my <laughs> dreams. Christ. Laughing at me because I was dying by a clown. This clown scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> and Jesus is laughing. He's laughing, okay, applauding, awesome. eating popcorn, whatever. I just have this image of Buddy Christ. <laughs> buddy Christ. Who's your buddy? But this this movie, that clown really scared the fuck out of me. Like as a kid, I was petrified. <laughs> that's why I don't go to church because he laughs at me. When I get killed by a clown. Yeah. That's a great story. <laughs> Tell it, it's true. It's all true. But we'll make it up. But what do you think of the movie? Awesome movie. Awesome movie. Everything else, yeah. The whole everything about the movie is creepy as shit. But the I haven't clown. seen that in a long time too. Talking about it tonight, I want to see it again. But the and even even that tree outside and it breaks in and <laughs> steals the kid almost. Yeah. But that clown man. Oh god. I remember we watched that one night at school. What? We had like a we had like a sleepover in the gym. I think it had to be eighth or ninth grade. No, seventh or eighth grade. And they it was Halloween and they rented scary movies for us and they rented Poltergeist and we watched Poltergeist in the eighth grade. Hmm. A bunch of girls 
in a gym in sleeping bags watching Poltergeist. Mm. I think I think we all just <laughs> I think we all screamed. I don't think any of us actually watched the movie. I think we watched it from under pillows. Mm. Oh god. Mm. No eighth grade. Eighth child. Mm. Don't say anything else. <laughs> Gotta stop. <laughs> well that's a great movie. Mm-hmm. One one we should do sometime. Yes. Yeah, oh god. <laughs> No clowns. No clowns. That's all right. Well, my number two, moving on here, uh, has already been mentioned by Matt, and it's on my list for a lot of the same reasons that uh, Paranormal Activity was on. And it's also the Blair Witch Project. Ah. I, uh, and I think, like Matt kind of said, too, this is like the kind of thing where like, if you say you think it's scary, people are like, What's, what the hell? You know, like, what are you yeah. scared of that for? It's a couple of idiots with cameras cursing about losing a map. <laughs> and about sticks. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I got into this movie, as I do with some movies, early in the viral campaign. And uh, I just, for some reason, got, got attached to it. And Timmy, our panelist Timmy, reminded us, we saw pretty early at a uh, comic book convention a missing poster of the cat of the actor's. Oh, okay. This is like before the movie was even close to being out. And it just got me interested in it for some reason. Uh, I thought the imagination, I thought, was was fantastic. This is really an actor's movie. The actors are the directors and the writers. I mean, they they do everything. And the girl, Heather Donahue, to me, is the best part of the movie. It was very subtle, and it's the same thing with Paranormal Activity to me. It lets, it lets the viewer's mind work, and what I was thinking was far more terrifying than whatever they were going to put on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Um, it didn't help, too, that I saw this uh, in the Poconos in Pennsylvania, <laughs> in the middle right. of the woods, and and had to drive through really desolate woods. I'm afraid of the woods to begin with. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, so this really affected me. This was another, I didn't sleep for weeks. You guys don't have steak and shakes around there, do you? No, no, because uh, because Heather Donahue's follow up acting wise was like a series of steak and shake commercials down here. And that's a shame. It was a shame. Yeah, <laughs> scary. She was in a like a teen, like a Freddie Prince Jr. thing. I think after that, like a she's all that or something like that. And I was like, oh, I hope she gets work. And like she like did. You said I never saw her again. Yeah, I think she took my order for breakfast at Denny's the other day. <laughs> <laughs> she was awesome in that movie, but. Uh, Anytime, anytime I go down in my basement, I still oh. picture that guy in that damn corner. Corner, yeah. Oh my God, uh, I just gotta chill. <laughs> Sitting here, she was she was in Taken too. Oh, she, oh yeah, she was. Ooh. I do oh, remember that. Taken was yep. good. It was, was good. Well, who was she in Taken? She was the adult Mary Crawford. Oh, that's an awesome that movie. That was yeah, such is. a good show. That was like a miniseries. Wasn't yeah, it, it was yeah. a miniseries with Dakota Fanning. Man, she's just so topical tonight. (laughs) We should dedicate this podcast to her. (laughs) Yay! All right. So, I guess we're ready for our all-time number one scariest movie, the movie that scared us the most. Mm -hmm. And Christy. Get ready to laugh. (laughs) Um, I saw this movie when I was 12. And like I said, I do not like movies where everybody's gone and nobody's there, and there are no crowd scenes, but you add zombies to it on top of it, that there's not a lot of people, but they're, the main part of them are zombies. That, that oh, God. <sighs> Night of the Comet. 
It's a cheesy ass eighties movie. However, the thought that everybody could be wiped out by this comet and turned into orange dust, and whoever was in not a non lead lined building turned into a a man eating zombie freaked the hell out of me. And were you able to watch the whole thing, or did you have to turn it off and turn it back on a bunch of times? I'd have to turn it off and turn it on. Even to this day? I, I probably a little bit better now. Especially there's one scene where the two girls realize that they're the only Valley girls still alive. And they go to a mall. And they just have a ball in the mall. And they just like try on everything. And there's like this whole big fantasy dance. Like, oh, look, we could have the, do we have the mall all to ourselves. And then the zombies come after them. I can I can be okay until the zombies come, <laughs> and then I'm fine. Sounds I'm like, fine until the zombie. Sounds like Dawn of the Dead. It's it's very similar, except it's not as intense. It's very cheesy, cheesy Valley Girl, the chick that was in Solar Babies, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but I just remember being twelve and going. It was right before um, Haley's Comet. Mm. Was it was like the whole big thing was going on about oh we're going to see Haley's comet and I'm like what could happen if the comet goes and kills everybody like night in the comet? <laughs> <laughs> I told you I was going to laugh. Well, you were right. Yeah, I was. <laughs> All right, very good. On to Matt and his number one. Okay, this is the first movie that actually scared me while watching it, and it was when it was on the TV broadcast of it. So probably like two or three years after it was out. It was out in 1979, so like 81 or 82 was out. I was like 10 or 11. It was on TV. Uh, came up to you know the 9 o'clock break or whatever. Maybe it was even like the 9.30, 10 o'clock break. And I wanted to watch the end of it. My parents wanted me to go to bed, but they said, okay, you can, you can watch it upstairs in, in their bedroom while I fall asleep. So I'm in the dark bedroom, middle to me, middle of the night, on this tiny black and white TV for the first time in my life watching the second half, which is probably the arguably the scariest part of this movie, of Alien. Ooh. Ooh. Awesome movie. Yes. Did you see, Matt, just, just uh, yesterday, uh, all the aliens on Blu-ray? Oh, no. And this That's hun- cool. $109 box set. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll wait a little bit for it to come down, but it's right, cool right. out there. <laughs> Yeah, but that 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 movie is fun to it's like really creepy to watch. Yep. All right, excellent. On to Chris, uh, his number one. Number one. Um, this this movie came out in 1975. Now, me and my parents always had a fight that they. I remember seeing this movie on vacation on the boardwalk right by the ocean. Um, I think it was out. Couple years later, for like you know the summer movies, they re-release stuff. I was either I was between two and six when I saw Jaws. I don't care who you are, if you're in the ocean, you think of Jaws. <laughs> Dave hates Jaws. I hate Jaws. <laughs> when you're in the ocean, I don't care. You you think of sharks and you think of the movie Jaws. Jaws ruined my beach and I seen it seen it on vacation at the shore made it even oh, worse geez. so you think that's what made it scary uh, that you were there? Yeah. And, and for a young age I, it came out I was either two three or four I, I was young yeah I was not in my double digits yet right not in my double digits and that and that is why the secret of going in the ocean is you swim with a crowd of people who you don't fucking know 
So when you see a fin, you can fucking push them down and get out of the goddamn water. <laughs> Is that the secret? I never go in the ocean by myself. I go in there and just swim next to a crowd of people I don't even know. Always. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> wow. This 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 movie is is just I love Jaws it's, it's one of my favorites but I'm still afraid of sharks. Hmm. Well, a lot of people would put that on their list probably. I do think of Jaws when I go in the ocean. It doesn't see? frighten me, but I have to admit I do think of Jaws. When and I you go in the and ocean. you can't see the ground or, or, or your, yeah. your 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 feet. So I'm always more afraid of stepping on coral. <laughs> than yeah. a shark. I'm more afraid of stingrays. One time I was a. It killed Steve Irwin. That's true. <laughs> When I was crikey, when I was um, a teenager, I remember, remember one time going on vacation, the boombox, and I and I played this this Jaws theme just just for fun because you know that's the kind of guy I am. Uh-huh. And I saw people, I shit you not, like looking around. They heard they heard the theme, and like walking out of the ocean. Are you serious? <laughs> I swear to God. And I thought it was the funniest thing that I was that I was playing funny. it, and people were leaving the ocean. I blame. John Williams for this also. <laughs> We're playing such a creepy Jaws theme. <laughs> that was mean. Well, yeah, that's the kind of guy I am. That's the kind of guy you that's are. That's kind of guy I am. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. That's how I roll. That's okay. how you roll. Yep. All right. Very good. Well, my number one has also already been mentioned, and it is The Shining. I saw this when I was pretty young and it just like ruined my life for like a couple <laughs> of months. I just could not just get over it and and as i got older i get more interested in it and i actually picked up the book and read it and because there are things in the movie that i never understood and if you've seen the shining as things are starting to unravel at the end especially there's this scene where she's going room to room and she sees these two men dressed in animal costumes <laughs> yeah and they appear to be about to have sex duh <laughs> That's what I do when wearing an animal costume. And that alone just scared me as a kid, because <laughs> there's no explanation for that in the movie. It's explained in the book. But uh, that alone just made me, it, it just just freaked me out. But the thing that, to me, is the scariest thing in that movie is the old lady in the bathtub. Uh, that is just, that her laugh still haunts my <laughs> dreams to this day and it's more remoteness you know he's out in the woods again it's a lot of the same kind of things it's supernatural it's ghosts yeah. uh, I think it's it's really an awesome movie but uh, even to this day if I were to watch that movie I think I would have a lot of trouble finishing it I'd be like Christy I'd be turning it off and turning it on and <laughs> and uh, just just uh, just unbelievable movie are, are in, do it, does anyone have something on their list? Like, we, we did a list of scariest movies. Not necessarily our favorite horror movie, because my favorite horror movie is not on my list. Is, is that the case for anybody else, or is your favorite horror movie on your list? Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it, but probably, Mine, probably mine's not. not. What is your favorite, Jim, Chris? It has to be like, like Halloween. Like, the first Halloween is just fucking so right. great. That's 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 exactly where I was going with it. I think yeah. the original Halloween is one of the greatest movies ever made. Not H two O, no, <laughs> and not the Rob Zombie. Although they were no. they were fine too. But yes. the, the Rob Halloween. Zombie, the first one wasn't bad. I haven't seen the second one. I've heard. I haven't really heard a single good thing about it. Right. <laughs> well, that's the only reason I mention it. I 
I think it it's worth mentioning Halloween. We haven't really yeah. talked about Halloween as a Halloween show, but to me, it's the greatest horror movie ever made. It is fantastic, yeah. But not as scary to me as some of these other things. No, not like Boo kind of scary, just just creepy shit. Well made. Yeah. An unbelievable movie. Christy, have you ever seen Halloween? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. And Halloween 2, by extension, which I also enjoy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Um, not, not that good. Not so much. <laughs> but funny. Yeah. And definitely worth watching. So. But, they have uh, another one of those behind-the-scenes kind of thing, the same, the same thing on bio about the Halloween Oh, that's movies. right, yeah. And I would watch that. I'd rather watch how... You also how love Jamie Lee Curtis. So I always love, yeah. Except you won't watch Halloween. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, well... My. That's my life, guys. That's your life. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I'd like to thank you then. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to thank you for listening to the Grady's, the Great 80s Movie Debate. Please visit our website at Grady's.neozaz.com and check out some of our earlier podcasts like Teen Wolf, The Breakfast Club, Porky's, Footloose, all kinds of stuff on there. Uh, You can become a fan on our Facebook page and leave us comments on our posts, answer trivia questions. Right now we have a thing up there uh, trying to get people to post pictures of themselves in some cool retro 80s. 80s Halloween costumes with Halloween only being a few days away uh, so uh, check out the stuff on our Facebook page uh, I'd also like to thank uh, and, and announce our winner of our latest caption contest and like to congratulate Shannon for uh, his comments on our uh, very bizarre picture of Heather Langenkamp for our Nightmare on Elm Street podcast so congratulations to Shannon and Shannon will win himself a uh, his choice of an 80s DVD and I will contact him with all the choices there's all kinds of great ones in there like the Lost Boys and Revenge of the Nerds and uh, all kinds of good stuff in there so uh, next time we do a caption contest get yourself on there be funny win yourself an 80s DVD couldn't be easier Um, if you've downloaded this from iTunes please leave us a review make us easier to find and uh, you can also reach us on Google Voice at 215-804-9082 Don't forget to check out Neozaz.com for other great podcasts like the Trailer Pod Boys and other original productions. Now, usually at this time, we would have our 80s randomizer pick our next movie. But we're going to do things a little bit differently on the show. And we are going to alternate the 80s randomizer with a panelist pick in which the person will subject the other panelists to a movie of their choosing. (laughs) And uh, our first uh, panelist pick is going to be uh, given by Matt. So we have no idea what Matt is going to make us watch, but uh, I will turn it over to Matt. Okay. Well, uh, as hard as it was not to go for the obvious choice, Xanadu, (laughs) and then the second obvious choice, Highlander, I actually tried to think about, uh, to put a little thought into it. So I thought, I found found something that's topical. That's, That's kind of a hint. Uh, something that'd be worth watching by for everybody, and something that is, I think, would actually be worth discussing whether it stands up over time or not. So I'll give you what the IMDb says its tagline is, because I couldn't find a tagline on a poster. I'll see if you can guess. And the tagline is, "A world inside the computer where man has never been before, never before now." Ooh, I think I. Can know. you um, give me a year? Uh, 1982. Christy thinks she knows. Go, ahead, Christy. I think I know. I think it's Tron. It is Tron. That's nice. Yeah. That's I a love good one. that movie. 
And it's it's, and it's with, in, also the yeah we can do it before. Yep, I figured with the sequel coming in a couple months, it'd be worth checking out before then. I always had a grudge against Tron. I always, I always thought it was like a like a Star Wars wannabe. I never, <laughs> yeah. I never seen the whole thing through. But I was like, I ain't watching that. Yeah, I ain't watching that. But now, all right, cool. Well, is it a Star Wars wannabe? It's a, it's a damn video game. Yeah, Chris. Science fiction. Anything science fiction is oh, a Star Wars ripoff. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Fast cars. There's no cars in Star Wars. There are no well, cars. George Lucas, though. Ring Car, star. Oh, God, it's close. Okay. That's a good choice, man. Yeah, it's a good choice. Thank you. I personally appreciate you not picking Xanadu. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> I will stack the randomizer, though, for next week. <laughs> for not picking this, five more Xanadus get added. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for listening, and uh, tune in next time as we discuss the original Tron. And uh, happy Halloween to everyone out there. Oh, thank God it's over, and I don't have to watch any more scary movies. <laughs> so it was like. It was like a, it was like the elephant in the room at times when you're listening to the podcast or the the commentary. But yeah, anything that came on, he took credit. What was that? You should have seen Dave fucking jump. I jumped. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> it's the kind of guy that plays the Jaws theme at the beach. I knew that was scary. I didn't know it was going to scare you like, like that. I but jumped out of my freaking you seat. <laughs> you fucking Because it's so loud anyway. I, yeah, I was hoping it was going to be loud. I, I didn't know what to, what to do. <laughs> what is wrong with you?